Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, and welcome to the Beat and Track podcast. I'm your host for the next hour. I'm Stu him, And... Over this next hour, you will hear me chatting to a guest about music and their life story. And specifically, it'll be based around seven tracks that I've asked the guests to choose in advance. Um, and these these songs kind of will build a timeline throughout their life. And it's not... When I say life story, I'm, I'm more focused on the, the creative journey because all the guests I... I have on I would you know I would refer to them as a as, as a creative person type creative type and uh and yeah so we we discuss the area that they grew up in as well and and how that influenced affected hindered um that creative journey and and today's episode is is a cracker um and it's with stand-up comedian Marcus Birdman uh, Marcus was introduced to me by a previous guest, uh, Rich Wilson. Um, so you can go and have a listen to that if you haven't already. Marcus got on the train and then turned up uh, at my place on one of the coolest bikes I've ever seen. Uh, if you've seen the the social media postings for, for this episode, then you'll see he's a pretty slick looking dude. And... Uh, and it was just really interesting hearing his, his story. I won't say too much, but I can't imagine school was a whole world of fun for for Marcus. It, it, it's uh, yeah, it was it, it's a pretty crazy time from uh, from from what he describes. So I won't say too much more about that. Before we start, I'm just going to do a big shout out to the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Scroobius Pitt for backing his podcast from day one. Um, and aside from Pip, my fellow Distraction Pieces Network crew, Dr. Susie Gage, Jason Reed, Jim Smallman, Chris Glasson, and the new one, the new kid on the block, Brett Goldstein. Um, big love to those guys. Thanks to 76 for producing this. Thanks to My Name Is Ad and Brad Acton for doing the artwork and the video stuff. And... I have nothing else to say other than please enjoy this episode of Off the Beaten Track podcast with Marcus Birdman. 76, drop the intro music. It's Off the Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Well, we're recording. We are 
um, sitting in the Within on a Tuesday evening. Sun is shining again. We're at the tail end of the heatwave and we had a, a couple of days of probably quite welcome rain and, 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 and breeze. But it's starting to get glorious again, uh, which is nice. Um, got a glass of red wine, as has this evening's guest. He's been a bit greedy. He's got a glass of water as well. Um, <laughs> Is that too much? But, uh, mm, yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, but, who's, this, um, who's this chance are you in? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this evening's uh, guest is Marcus Birdman. Hello. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm enjoying the sun. Cycled up here from the station. I oh, know, you've got a very cool bike. Thank you. Thank uh, you. It's, uh, is it a fixed gear bike? Yeah, it's a fixie, although I've changed it so that um, you, on the other way, if you change it, you can take the wheel around and then it goes uh, normal. Oh, so, okay. Because I didn't want to kill myself on, uh, on it, you know, so it has got a back brake. Fundamentally, you boys look cool, though, right? Yeah, yeah. About fundamentally, do everything. Yeah. You to check look cool. that box. It's a dope bike. <laughs> Always have one foot in that camp, whatever you do. <laughs> well, we should say that we've, we've never met. No. Um, so it's, it's, uh, so we, might, we know a lot of the same people. We like do. We do. We we, we was put in touch via um, previous guest of Hardcore Listing and Off the Beat and Track podcast, um, Rich Wilson. So Rich is a, a good buddy of yours, I yes. believe. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so Rich put us in touch, um, much the same as Rich glancing through your list of tracks when you sent them over, you've got solid taste. Thank you. So, uh, Thank you. so it always <laughs> makes it good. It always makes it good when, uh, well, I assume by the fact that I've managed to get on it, that you approved of the fuck tracks. So yes. Like you think, yes. oh my God. Yeah. He's- yeah. <laughs> the right, Lion well, King musical. <laughs> what am I going to say about that? <laughs> right. Well, look, um, let's get things going while we're doing um, the introduction. So, uh, what I should remind you of as well, um, uh, those that are listening, is that if you want to listen to any of the tracks that Marcus has chosen, uh, then they will be available on the Spotify playlist. So, Marcus. Um, sent me the tracks over so what I will do is put a track list together and it will be available on Spotify I will send the links out on the social media and whatnot when this comes out but you've been listening to the pod, uh, the playlist for the previous one so you know what the drill is anyway by now so right let's crack on mate let's let's do track one which uh, is as ever the song with the greatest intro what are you going for mate uh, New Rose by the damned, uh, to keep in line with to jump off where Rich must have probably ended. Um, I mean, it's a, it's just superb, isn't it? It's yeah. just, I mean, that kind of energy. I, I'd always much. I mean, it's, it's nice that the damned are getting a bit of um, recognition at the moment because they sort of were a bit overlooked. Or I think you know John Lydon was always really rude about them, wasn't he? They were a joke band, and and I suppose you know you, you prance around in a bird suit or whatever. Like maybe you don't take get taken as seriously as you should do but but uh quite frankly i mean i think they they've produced some of the best punk songs um you know whether they were as a as sort of uh instrumental you know obviously the, the sort of sex, i think the sex pistols are clearly like you know that's ground zero for british punk isn't yeah, it yeah but arguably i think the least interesting thing about the, the sex pistols are actual music mm-hmm. the damned had better tunes I don't think that's an unfair thing to say no, in no. the slightest. Um, I, you know, I'm a fan of Nevermind the Bollocks, but I think it's widely regarded that, that, that New Rose 
kick things off. Right? Well, it's, isn't it the first and, uh, single? And, yeah. And, uh, it just sounds so good. And, it, and even now, it's like, you know, production must have been crap back yeah. then. And uh, as opposed to what it is now, and it still sounds so loud. It sounds it? fucking vital. It, yeah. it hasn't aged at all. It doesn't, it? Like, yeah. it sounds fresh. And, uh, you know, in fairness, as does a lot of the Pistol stuff. Yeah, it does, um, actually. It's well-produced, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, as you said, it does seem that the film come out about the damned a little while back, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a, a big exhibition. Um, I don't know if you went up to that. I oh, think okay. it was about yeah. a year was ago. Right, there, right, right, there was, right. there was an exhibition in London. Um, I remember seeing, uh, sensible and that on, on one of the sort of early evenings of news shows talking about the exhibition. I never mm-hmm. got to go to it, but yeah, yeah. you know, I think it's, uh, I think they're getting their props. I think they are now. Hopefully they are. Mm. I mean, you know, they, they seem to be touring. I, I saw them last year. That their news are pretty big, you know, yeah. and uh, they sounded great as well. Was that in Southend? No, I saw them in Brighton. Actually, I didn't right. see them in Southend, unfortunately. Um, I saw them in Brighton, and I was kind of, you know, I just I, I like the Damned, and I went with Rich actually, yeah. and and they were amazing. And I I was, and I know, I mean, it's in a disrespectful way. I I couldn't believe how good Captain Sensible's guitar playing was. Yeah, I just thought. We, you know, it'd be all right. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. Yeah. Um, and they sounded great, and mm. it was just, it was just, it was fantastic. It's a shame that you know Rat's not playing. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, can't have it all. No, absolutely. So, did you get into the dam when you were really young, then? Yeah, yeah. I think it's sort of. <laughs> I mean, no one believes me. Like I think, when we discussed this, that the the Ruts uh, Babylon's Burning was my the first single that I bought. Yeah. Which I would have been eight. We'll discuss that yeah, as, yeah, as, as, as this rolls on, but that's... So I think I kind of just liked my... I had an elder sister who was very much into that two-tone, and okay. I think that sort of punk... I don't have to be sort of... Without wanting to sound pretentious, I just think there was something like... The whole... The political aspect of punk, the sort of, you know, uh, anti-establishment thing passed me by. Yeah. I was too young, but I think I just liked the sound, the, yeah. that bloody racket, you know, yeah. of... Of the, that you would get in the Sex Pistols or or mm-hmm. uh, or, or, or the Ruts and and just just had a just had a kind of I also really like reggae and I think again it's a similar maybe it's just a sim, simple sound you know just raw and it's well, just yeah. bassy and I just I just like the energy of it you know hopefully we're gonna have him on soon because he's he's DJed for us a, a fair few times now at Don Let's and oh. and Don was obviously instrumental in you know, introducing that punk scene yeah, to reggae. To, to each other. I mean, and, I think that's, uh, that's a huge crossover, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The punky reggae party, which is yeah. tragic. <laughs> tragic yeah, 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 sort yeah. of aspect of the most, one of the most famous songs. Yeah. It's a pretty horrible song. Mm. But um, I suppose, yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, it's well documented, the link between the two. Um, I guess they were both outlaws in one sense and, you know, anti-establishment public enemy Absolutely. number one in that Absolutely. sense. And so I think they were attracted to each other in that respect. And I think probably also musically there's perhaps a similar thing going on because it's very sort of similar, elemental, political, mm-hmm. uh, um, kind of, you know, it's sort of rebel rebel yell, isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So... Other considerations, did you just, was it New Rose or was there anything else that kind of got pipped to the post by a... Um, so what else was there? I think um, uh, 20th Century Boy. Oh, that's solid. You know, that's, a, that's a good, yeah. uh, you know, uh, call to arms, isn't yeah. it? Um, what else is there? Um, 
and smells like teen spirit. Yeah, it's another very good yep. one, isn't it? A very good sort of start. Do you know what? It, 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 where was I? Yesterday, I was I was driving home from Coventry, and uh, as a indie alternative DJ of twenty eight years, I've heard that song a fucking lot. Mm. You know, um, however, it still blows my mind that eighteen year old kids come through the door of my club and still lose their shit mm. like I did when I first heard mm, that. Mm. And and I think it was Butch Fig that said when they first cranked it and the drums kicked in at the beginning of that in the studio, he said the only way I could describe it was like being in a house that just collapsed on top of you. <laughs> and I just thought, it's <laughs> fucking nailed it with that. That's absolutely spot on. It is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is nice. And, it, and I don't think Kurt particularly, you know, well, famously didn't like the production. Didn't like the production Never mind, did he? did he? I suspect he said that a little bit to be cool, yeah, don't of you course, think? Of course. Like, I bet he was quite pleased with the the way it went over. Yeah, you know, yeah. So I think it was it was cooler to... I mean, I think I remember saying to one of my friends once, I, I, I think I think In Utero is a better album, yeah, and so yeah. fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know? oh, you get, and, like, how many I, people are like, yeah, I really uh, Bleach. It's definitely all about Bleach. It's like, yeah, come on, yeah, never mind. It's one of the greatest yeah. pop albums ever made. Yes, Every yeah, track yeah. is a stone cold hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's incredible. Mm. It's incredible. Uh, uh, yeah, I know at that age, you know, that was a similar time to like, Oh, you like Pearl Jam? Yeah, I'm really into uh, Mother Love Bone. And, uh, and and you'd always try and be more obscure to like, outdo your mates and obviously then go home and listen to Nevermind and then it's uh, what <laughs> you've done. Around, it? Dance around with your hairbrush. <laughs> so, um, should any of the listeners not know, um, you're a stand-up. Yeah. Do you have a intro tune? Well, I do use that one quite a lot, a 20th Century Boy. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that's that's happened quite a lot. I've used Babylon's Burning quite a lot. Yeah. Um, what else have I used that I quite like? Um, Times Tough, Toots and the Matals. That's got, Ooh. again, that's the nice, sort of, yeah, like, the drum yeah, intro yeah. is good, Lovely. isn't it? Um, so I don't have... Usually if I'm at a club and you sort of... Where you've got a sort of pretty generic, like... What do you want as an intro? I'll ask a 20th century boy because usually yeah. people have got it, yeah, you know. So, as opposed to uh, do, do have Babylon's Burning is a bit yeah. unlikely, you know. So, so, oh, so that's how it works. You don't take your CD along, or I don't tend to, no, unless I say, unless I'm doing like a solo show, then I would yeah. have my own stuff. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, um, King Rocker, I've brought on myself nice. on too, which is again, uh, you know, I've got that on white vinyl, seven inch, lovely again, same thing, it's got that drum, you know, just yeah, primal drums, isn't it. Bow wow wow, some of that stuff, you know. Nice, nice. So, uh, Kings of the Wild Frontier again. Oh. It's all good, isn't it? So did you did you see Adam Ant in Southend? No, uh, I think I I think I just sort of I don't know why I don't know why I thought I wouldn't. I, I, people said it was good, mm. really good. Mm. I think I just I don't know why I turned my nose up at that. Really, mm. should have done. I don't know. Yeah, people said it was. I thought I think I thought because he was. You know, he's obviously had his troubles. I uh, yeah. thought that it just would be a bit shit. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't have a voice and he would just be a bit of a parody of himself, you know. But I think that wasn't, that was actually not, not the case as I understand it. No, so, did, no. Did you see him? No, I, no, I didn't, no. But um, 
lots of people turned up at my club after that show okay. uh, and said he was absolutely incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he looks amazing he does, at the moment. He? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, full pirate regalia. He and, does and, look good. And, well, he always did, though, didn't he? Yeah, you yeah. You hope so. Like, like, oh, God. Like, you know, I, I, as, a, as a kid, like, I think, Every boy wanted to be Adamant or Suggs, yeah, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they were yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. Know. I suppose they were the two two polars. If you wanted, yeah, to be, you were a bit uh, less sort of like foppish. You would yeah. go for Suggs. No one you? wanted to be Simon Le Bon, did that? I guess he probably got more <laughs> ladies, but uh, he probably got way more ladies. I yeah. bet Adamant got a few ladies. Oh, definitely, I think. definitely. But Suggs did. I read, um, I read Belinda Carlisle's book. Yeah, and uh, which is. Absolutely harrowing, is it? What a life she had. Because like, well, she was in the Go Go's, right? Which of course yeah, played Cliff Pavilion in yeah. South End. Did she? Yeah, did she? So she comes. She got sort of good, you know, background from what she sort of kind of became. Well, really, yeah, yeah. because um, Alipsa Sealed was famously written about um, her relationship with was it Terry Hall. Is that right? Uh, because obviously, um, Funboy Free then covered it. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm sure she was. She was married, or he was married, and something like that. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was all in her book, and it was oh, okay. all quite horrible. And yeah, there was yeah. some ridiculous cocaine addiction throughout her career. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but yeah, she liked a bit of Suggs. Yeah, and I'm sure, uh, I'm, sure I'm sure he got got his leg over. Well, 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 yeah, I'm sure he didn't struggle. But yeah, Belinda Carlisle in her day, wow. he wasn't too busy congering around. <laughs> <laughs> to get his leg over. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, mate. Well, look, track two. Um, I asked for you uh, to tell me the first song that you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you, whether that be a happy impact or something sad or so, just something that, that was a real jolt. Yeah. You know? What did I say? <laughs> and, uh, and, yeah, do you, do you remember what you put? Up? No. Was, uh, we, we, we've dropped his name already. Oh, there we go. Um, I think, uh, as I say, going back to... Uh, the reggae thing. My, I suppose my sister. I should probably thank for quite to introducing me. So she was, a, you know, four or five years older than me, and liked kind of decent music. So she would have probably introduced me to Bob Marley, and I had that positive vibrations. Oh no, I think she had that positive vibrations album, um, and uh, and I think I don't think I knew anything about it I just think I thought oh, that, he's got good hair mm. you know so I don't that's about it you know yeah, so I yeah. thought I'll put that on and I just loved that album mm. and uh, I, I, again I didn't know anything that he was talking about you know mm. the sort of politics I don't know I still don't know Marcus Garvey is you know and all mm -hmm. this sort of stuff yeah. uh, um, Harley Asso stuff I I still kind of leaves me cold the, the politics of reggae sure. but I just I think just the sound and uh, and doesn't get any better than Bob, really. And I think a lot of people, unfortunately, you know, because Bob became, you know, a sort of poster boy for, for, yeah. for sort of world music and reggae, mm -hmm. that perhaps he's not taken perhaps as seriously as he ought to be, you know, because yeah, he's seen as a, a sort of like reggae light, as it were, for, you know, for some of the sort of um, don't worry, be happy, you know, kind of, and, and it's just... But someone's got to set that mark, right? Yeah. And like, you know, whether Nirvana set that mark, you know, or... Oasis set that mark or the clash or whatever. Like once you've put yourself out there as you you know, you've pretty much brought that scene to the masses, mm. then of course people can then make it darker, deeper, mm. Mm. you know, more obscure and, and, and might easily make that due to the size of 
you know how many records you you sell mm. almost commercial for want of a mm. a better description but well he was unashamedly doing that you know i think he wanted to to bring his message to into the into a white I mean, like, you know sort of uh, famously you know peter tosh was yeah. i don't want to do that and yeah. and remained sort of jamaican and yeah. and you know and, and I, I like him and admire him mm-hmm. for that, but I, you know, I admire Bob for kind of going deliberately taking a stance of yeah. like I'm not, not selling out. I'm just I want to be a global star, you mm-hmm. know, and I, I, it's not. But I think because of that, but you don't just become a global star. You have to write fucking great music. Yeah, absolutely. You absolutely. know, and yeah, yeah. and and he done that in abundance. Yes, but I think unfortunately the ones that he's most famous for are sure. slightly chocolate boxy. You know, yeah. and I think it, so, so stuff like positive vibration, no, yeah. you know, no woman, no cry, which is way more sort of rootsy and political, yeah. is not as well known. Mm-hmm. Um, and even going back, some of the, you know some of the earlier skirt scar stuff is yep. just it's just fantastic. You know the energy of it, mm-hmm. and uh, I've all I just always loved Bob Bob Marley really. Yeah. Um, for, from from that, so that that and I think that. I mean, I think going back, you know, it's a difficult one to answer that emotional content because I think all of these songs, the, going back to the punk songs, you know, like had an emotional impact. I felt it in my chest and in my balls, kind yeah. of thing. But yeah. I think perhaps no woman acquired because it had a very clear story about a murder and, yeah. and a sort of you know mother i think i could relate to it more than yeah. than perhaps um you know marcus garvey's story being yeah, in prison yeah, yeah. For, for a rice or whatever which didn't really speak to me at the age of eight or nine mm-hmm. or whatever i was but uh, but a sort of so i suppose i understood the the actual narrative and i think i just, and i related to just how it sounded it's such a beautiful soulful mm-hmm. I think that's what I like about reggae. There's, yeah. there's this mix of sort of, it's it, there's a lot of melody yeah. um, and some beautiful singing, but particularly male. Mm-hmm. Actually, most of the male singers I like actually can't sing for shit. You know, yeah. that's why I kind of like I quite like female singers who can sing. Mm-hmm. Uh, male singers who can sing usually sound like Tony Hadley. You know, but but I like so I like Suggs. I like Tom Waits. I like kind Billy of Bragg. J- Billy Bragg. All these people who are really pretty shit singers. Yeah. So they make it interesting vocalists. Mm-hmm. You know, Nick Cave or whatever. Um, oh, but, he's, um, he's got a great voice. He's got a beautiful voice. But yeah. you know, not, not not it's not range, is it? No, you know, no, Because you no. end up if, usually men with range start sounding like Tony Handley. Yeah. You know, like yeah. it's a bit cheesy, except for I think a lot of black reggae singers, you know, who, who are Alton Ellis and all these people, Toots and stuff, who just have this beautiful singing voices um, that normally I would probably shy away from, as I say, but but something mixed with that sort of just simple, bass-heavy kind of sounds, I think yeah. I, I, I find it much more palatable, maybe, yeah. So, you mentioned earlier where you was. Um, where, where exactly was that? Where were you born? Uh, well, I was born in the north actually because my dad's from Newcastle, but okay. I grew up in Bishop Salford. Okay. So, which is like half Hertfordshire, half Essex. So, it's literally bang in the middle. So, uh, and Bishop Salford is kind of weird because, on the one hand, it is quite home counties and it's quite nice. And then mm. the other half is, Leh. yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's really is straight yeah. down the middle. And you mentioned before um, we started actually recording, you, you, your dad was in the navy, did you say? My dad was a naval chaplain. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, and then uh, oh, right. and then a vicar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm the son of a preacher, man. Fantastic. <laughs> so, uh, so is he away a lot? Uh, he was away a bit because like, he he was away when I was in the sixth form because he was in the Gulf, uh, the first Gulf, right? Uh, and he was away then, and then but no, he was kind. Of, he's gone around and he taught me. I was at the school that he 
was the chaplain of as well. Right. Um, when he became a school chaplain, so I, he, he was he was around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, was there music at home? Not, obviously, obviously, you saying that your your sister. Would... Yeah, I think my sister. Not my, my parents weren't like my dad was. My dad liked. I had quite a few Louis Armstrong sort of vinyl. My dad actually saw Louis Armstrong kind wow. of weirdly. Um, um, but that probably is where it ends in terms of music that mm -hmm. I've inherited from him. Uh, I still have that vinyl, which is nice as well. You yeah. know? Um, dog eared sort of like as it is. But yeah, he, they were very much into sort of classical music. So, he, you know, I was the archetypal, doing a bloody record, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of thing. So I was up in my bedroom listening to, uh, listening to all these sort of songs. You yeah. Know? Um, from uh, from that, all that punk stuff and yeah. madness and two tone and then uh, Cure. I, I went through a big goth phase. Mm -hmm. I really love the Cure. I saw um, them two weekends ago. Did you? Up in High Park. Yeah. Good. Um, the best I've ever seen them. Okay. Um, I've seen them quite a bit, and sometimes they're guilty of playing a bit too long and right. wigging out with some more obscure stuff really? there. like a 14 minute all cats yeah. and grey kind and, of uh, all, uh. and it was the 40th anniversary uh, of the, the first release and they wow. come out and they just fucking ripped through everything it was just the you know that was glorious was, and there were so many good songs oh but do you know what different genres as well haven't they really come on to Pictures of You and like which is it's oh, up there for me yeah and Literally within five minutes, just like Evan, and it was it was just brilliant, and yeah. like everything apart from Love Cats, obviously I don't do that one. Um, I like the Love Cats. Oh, yeah, I love yeah, it, but yeah, they yeah. never play it live. Play I don't no, know. no, oh, they right, never right. play it live. But why? Right. Um, they, I don't know. Don't it's know. just one of them things that they've, they've never ever played it live. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, finished on Caterpillar. Um, oh, it's brilliant! Absolutely fantastic. Um, Is there a particular Cure era that you like? Oh yeah, disintegration. Yeah, shadow of a doubt. Really, pictures of you, yeah. fascination street. Yeah, lullaby, all of that. It's a love song. Oh, yeah. I, I think a, a, a lot of people. It was a very hot day. It was not a good day to be a goth in London. <laughs> was there a lot there of air? Was, it just the air bit. It all like kind of yeah. That had gone big. The makeup had melted. You know, there was uh, there was a lot of people that were like obviously. Uh, Got very serious growing up jobs, but uh, I, I donned a bit of eyeliner for the weekend to go and reminisce. Why not? And, uh, did you? No, I didn't. Come no, on, no. Come on. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I did have some eyeliner years. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, me too. I did. Me I did. Too. <laughs> I think. Do you know what? It was like I could never quite pull it off. So you're you're lean and like you know you got a good head of hair. You got you know you got a good look going on. But me, I've always had shit hair. Right. right. I've never been able to like pull off a good haircut. Yeah. And I know I don't. Obviously, early 90s had the long hair that everyone had, and then I, I cut all that off pretty much when Modern Life is Rubbish by Blur come out. I just I remember seeing Damon and thinking, fucking hell, I'm going to dig out me Fred Perry's. Like uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go for that barnet. Yeah. Chopped all me, me barnet off. And I remember going into college the next day in a Fred Perry and, and like this kind of front sort of crop. And this girl was going, oh, you got the same hair as Jason Orange. <laughs> <laughs> and you think, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Can't have got... <laughs> I'm fucking modern, I? <laughs> Get a hat. Get a mod hat. That's where a hat comes in. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, and I've got a little, little, little bit that's starting to disappear at the back now, and that ain't helping. Like, you can't be a... Can you be a bald mod? I think that's where hats come that's in, the, That's you? the hat, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hopefully I can hang on to it for a few years. Uh, 
Yeah. Got to the point where I was on holiday last week that I literally got got to put a little bit of sun cream oh, on the back of the that, just in case. It's worrying, mate. It really is. There was a lovely thing uh, um, Billy Bragg said about because we've both got we're slightly bearded. Actually, mine's a bit shorter at the moment. But like the um, he was talking about growing a growing a beard. Yep. It, it covered a multitude of chins. Oh my god! <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that nice? Isn't that the case as well for me? <laughs> Jesus Christ! I mean, so I didn't get rid of your beard. I'm like, you ain't gonna lie, what's underneath that? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, so you're a big Bragg fan? Well, yeah, yeah. I think I like. It's not that I particularly like his m- music. I find it uh, a bit basic, to be honest with you. Actually, the kind of music, but I like him. Mm. I saw him in. Uh, coincidentally in New York in about 92 uh, oh, a festival do. so that would have been sexuality around that yeah. time yeah so so this was, it was Central Park and it was a hip hop gig so it had like a Queen Latifah Brand Nubians uh, Disposable Heroes of Hip Hop Billy Bragg right I don't know how the fuck he was on anyway so and it was pretty you know, him and I were probably one of the few white people yeah. there, you know, and it was pretty, it was great, it was great. Yeah. And Billy walks on with his farmer's tan and his shorts and his kind of, you know, black shoes and white yeah. socks, and I, and I thought, they are going to fucking kill him. Yeah. And I think, like, the first song, they were like, who the hell, who's this yeah. wanker? And then by about song three, he just absolutely charmed the pants off them. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not that his music's great, and I don't, I don't mean that in any disrespectful way, but the, his, his personality is just so yeah, good. And he, se- he seems to be so unafraid. You know, people are so happy to be themselves so, mm. and so unaffected and kind yeah. of like that is, he is absolutely like that. He'd be like that with his grand. He'd be like that with, the, you know, with, mm. with his, whoever he meets. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's really attractive. Yeah. And I just, and it was like hats off to the guy. He like hardcore black hip hop yeah. kind of festival, four o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. He's bright red, you know. Brilliant. And, uh, he's just, he's just, he's just chatting away and he's brilliant. He's you, all, only his guitar, you know, yeah, no, yeah. no band. Yeah. He's a, he's one of my, my, my favorite musicians of all right. time. I, I adore him. And, uh, and you talk about him and stories at, at festivals, um, my mate, uh, Scroobius Pip from mm. Randia, he, uh, he uh, was telling us a story about he was playing on one of the stages with, with, with Billy Bragg at one of the festivals. And, uh, and he said Billy Bragg's sort of son was, was, was there and he was sort of asking him like what bands he was going to see. And I'm probably going to get this story a bit wrong, but yeah, don't, don't, don't have a go, Pip. And, uh, and he was like, oh, Pip, this is my boy. Like, and he said like, his son had that whole thing of that kind of persona of like, oh, God, shut up, Dad. And you just think, yeah, that's fucking Billy uh, Bragg. Yeah, 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 do you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, but, course, you know, of course, though, isn't you know, it? But yeah, it's yeah, still yeah. still the case. Do you know what I mean? He's his dad and he's at a festival. You don't want to be hanging out of him. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But it's brilliant. You're always going to think your dad's a knob. Because yeah. people say that to me, you know, you know, you're a comedian. It was an unusual job, right? Yeah. You know, your daughter must think you're cool. Yeah. Like, my daughter thinks she's like a fucking yeah. lemon, you know? Like, yeah. Those, what's the, um, it was a great thing on, uh, I think it was Desert Island Discs, and it was, who's the, it's that Yorkshire cricketer from re- recently, sort of quite a big, quite a laddie bloke, do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, um, you're talking about, what, what the one uh, that boxed? The one yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah, Freddie yeah. Flintoff? Freddie Flintoff, yeah. he was on, yeah. he was sat, sat, sat the same 
thing. He was talking about his son starting to play. His son's 12 or something yeah. like that, playing a bit of cricket. And uh, he was in the nets with his son. And he was trying to give him a bit of advice, you know. Yeah. And uh, his son was kind of going, yeah, but, you know, Mr. Smith, my, you know, school, primary yeah. school teacher saying I ought to be hitting it like that. <laughs> you know, Freddie was like, yeah. I'm the most decorated <laughs> yeah. British cricketer ever. And, yeah. and he just, he cannot, you know, his son just yeah. thinks, it's just daddy's burk. Brilliant. You know, like, Brilliant. So, but the thing is, do you find that if you try and be called dad, you become a the ultimate prick. Yeah. Like, you know, a couple of times, like, the, the kids have had their mates around and, you know, and, I, and I, I'll just sort of make some kind of reference that they'll mention some artists and I'm like, oh, yeah, have you had that by them? And my kids, you know, I'm thinking I'm being down with them. Yeah. And my daughter's just got her face. I'm like, please stop <laughs> please fucking talking. <laughs> like, exactly, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit of a shame, isn't it? Ho- hopefully at some point they will kind of appreciate... Um, what you've been talking about? I hope so. I hope so. So I'll I'll, I'll get on to uh, to kids and stuff like that, and yeah, their yeah. music tastes and things like that as, as as we move through this a little bit. So, um, but going to sort of take you, uh, you know, back to when 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 you was a little one. So I ask for track three that you you pick the song that reminds you of your school days. Baggy trousers. Okay, um, love some. Um, Again, I think, say, given the age that I am, that that sort of I was I would have been about eight or nine when that came out, and just suddenly the whole country seemed to have a skinhead and was wearing sort of Fred Perry or yeah. or, or you know, and then the pleated trousers and just yeah. like a, a kind of brogues and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. stay like like Harringtons and all yeah. that, and it just just it's just a cool look and I suppose it was also a kind of look that actually my rather conservative parents didn't mind me having I didn't yeah. want me to have a skinhead but yeah. the actual clothes are you know they're not outre yeah not like, smart yeah they're smart and yeah. they're you know and they're, and they're kind of sort of they're male they're, you know they're kind of they're not you know you're not you're not poncing around in a frock like Bowie or, or well this is it know. sandwiched in between the likes of Duran Duran and the pistols you know that, that look was, was pretty stable really yeah, yeah, wasn't yeah, it yeah like, yeah, yeah. So I think that was it's, but I just I suppose it's that sort of uh, they had that kind of again perhaps a little bit a bit like the damn way that that they the the specials were the serious political outfit of madness were the sort of were were a bit of fun you know and I think that was that's the nutty boys you know and I think that's that's to to under and I don't I don't think actually you know I think time time has attested to the fact that no that's not the case but I think yeah. at the, back then they were perhaps seen as a bit of a sort of party band I, rather than I think because of the the nature of their videos I think you know they were a big you know I guess they were pioneering in their music videos do you know what I mean whenever mm. you saw a madness video as a, as a young lad it's the best thing ever. Mm. Do you know what I well, mean? Well, that baggy trousers one where he comes like, up on a crane. Where, where Lee's on a yeah, saxophone. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, wow. It's amazing. Like, how do they do that? And, you know? and, but for me, I, I really do believe that madness do not get the credit they deserve. I think, for me, I think they've wrote as many socially conscious, pop sensibility riddled classics as the kinks. Mm. You know, I, I think. Well, it's in that same mould, isn't it? That yeah, sort of kitchen sink. You know, it's, it's Damon Auburn, it's the yeah. Kinks, it's them, um, and and it, it has that sort of uh, yeah, kitchen sink uh, uh, kind of slightly humorous. Definitely. Um, Alan but, Bennett. You yeah, know, it's that completely. sort of it's that line, isn't it, of kind of British um, 
yeah, kind of slightly comedy-ish. Yeah, but um, incredible but, songs But commentary, well. yeah, beautiful like, really, songs. Really, really yeah. riddled with like hooks and great choruses and, they're, you know, they're, they're a phenomenal band to see. Um, you know, you, you're literally there for two hours and you know every single word, yeah. every single song. And it's, yeah. I saw them have this for a lineup. So I saw them at the first ever Madstock, mm. uh, which was at Finsbury Park. And it started with was it Prince Buster, then it was um, Gallon Drunk, then it was Flowered Up, <laughs> then it was... Didn't he produce Flowered Up? No, he produced... The, he was a manager at a farm. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, that's why I'm getting mixed up. And uh, then it was Morrissey. Ian Dury and the Blockheads and their madness. That's good to have that. Yes, that's but, not bad, is it? And, and thankfully, I got to see Morrissey that day because he didn't make it back on the Sunday because he was being pelted. And is that the one where he got his uni- with the Union Jack on? That's the one. Which was a bit weird, wasn't yeah, it? At the yeah, time. it was. It was. Yeah, that was the front page of the yeah. NME. There was no mention of madness. It mm. was Morrissey on the cover, and you know, it. Yeah, he's. He's done some dumb shit, Morrissey. Yeah. <laughs> he's done some good shit, though, hasn't he? <laughs> I have to just think, do you know what? Think about the music because I can't think about some of the things he says. Because right? he's, yeah, he's he's me number one. Of right? course. You know, well, um, if you, I mean, I think actually many of the musicians that you really, really love, if you met them, you would think, what wankers. And, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm like, I'm vice versa. Yeah. But, you know, like I, like I, I met Guy Garve. I can't stand Elbow. I think the right. most beige yep. fucking outfit. And I met him because uh, his brother's a comedian. And I right. met him in Edinburgh. And we went to, we went to see a show. And I just came outside. And I ended up talking to him. And he was the most delightful man. <laughs> and I was like, damn, I can't hate you. He's such a nice yeah. bloke. You know. And uh, But I thought I sort of think probably that's why Elbow are a bit boring because he's such a nice guy. Yeah, your mum would like him kind yeah. of thing. And I, and I feel like that is reflected in 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 their music. I don't suppose my mum would like Perry Farrell much. No. You know? Or no. Jerry Dammers or, you know, or a whole list of people that I really admire. Yeah. Um, because they're Herberts, you yeah. know, and they're kind of, they're drug-fueled kind of wrongins and that's what's great about them they're fucking good at it now aren't they (laughs) yeah (laughs) and I think vicariously you want but I don't think you actually want to meet them you know like you don't want to I don't want want to meet them because I think they would be dicks you know Um, that's their job well let's let's talk about James a bit later anyway because I I, I know that um, we're we're both big fans so uh, we can can I'm doing Madstock in December actually Oh really? Because yeah, they have quite because because Suggs is a bit. Well, well, Suggs that, tried to be a comedian, didn't he? Is this like the Butlins one? Yeah, 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 yeah. Down in um, it's in uh, Minehead, isn't it? Right. Uh, I think Richard's doing it as well. So I've done a couple of them, uh, which are great because you just you know you do the gig and then you get to watch them and there's a whole list of you know so I, so uh, and I met Jerry Dammers because I know his manage well I know the they've got the same they got the same management mm-hmm. Madness and Jerry Dammers so I just bumped. She came backstage to sort of thank us for being there, and she was. Um, I went, well, I know you. You're, you know, that toothless man. That's was very he, was fucking he DJing now? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I had a, I had a chat on with him, which was, you know, he's a he's an absolute hero of me. I didn't meet Madness unfortunately, but some of the other comedians did because mm-hmm. they were hanging around. Um, uh, but I'm doing it this December. But I, oh, I did Camden Festival a few years ago, and rumour was going around that Madness were going to play Dublin Castle. at the Dublin Castle. Yeah. So it, it was ramoed, and yeah, like 
four of them. So it would have been Suggs. I think it was Bedders. It would have been Lee. Uh, and Chrissy Boy, uh, yeah, yeah. They so they you know came in through the front door, sort of with the horns and everything, oh. and accordion, and and uh, it's like oh, fuck, it's madness. You know, four and they, and they played three or four songs, just a cappella, yeah. And uh, you know, place went off as you can uh, yeah. appreciate. Oh yeah, mate, so that was amazing. Well, it, it famously measured on the Richter scale when they come on at the first Mad Stock. They come on the one step beyond, and when it dropped it measured on the Richter scale right, I think I heard that right. yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I've had a few great entry, intro to that 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 was on my list of, of that's intros. a great intro well I think it's that, it's that one of like someone was talking about this of like you know a classic is if it's the if it, the first note if you recognise what that song is oh, that's, that's a classic yeah. you know like, like yeah. just like and it's the same with you know what, what with like uh, you know 20th Century Boy yeah. Uh, yeah. you know that's all you need yeah. to know you know what that is you but when you hear I mean? them drums um, on New Rose though you, you know yeah, you, you, get, know. you know what that song yeah. is um, you'd know it with kind of I'm the Resurrection or yeah. something like that just all yeah. it need, you know fucking, there's, there's a load of songs that we've yeah. just discussed um, you know but the, the, the it's the first as long as you've got one note and you go yeah. I, I, I recognise that yeah know? yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I saw um, I've had some really weird things because like, I, I used to go up to I've got a, my best mate um, when I was speaking to you earlier about um, going to Australia for the, the, the fringe type thing out there my, 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 my best buddy lives around the corner in a one man company gang yeah. and, uh, and he went out and done that and uh, me and him grew up together and we was both obsessed with madness yeah. long after they'd had their day when they were putting out stuff that people weren't really buying we were still Loving them, yeah. And we used to go up to Camden and, and go to all the places they used to sing about and just kind of take photos of ourselves outside. A bit, you know, a bit lame, really. But, <laughs> but um, Chaz and Chrissy Boy and Suggs wrote a play starring Cassandra from Falls and Horses <laughs> that was on <laughs> upstairs in some little boozer in North wow. London. Yeah. And we went along just because it was something to do with madness so at this point Chrissy Boy and Lee were doing a bag with the Nutty Boys yeah um, and we walked in this pub with our tickets and fucking Suggs Chaz and Chrissy Boy were in the pub and it was like I'm just fucking going to go for it yeah. and I went I'm just going to go and say hello and, uh, and they went alright boy come in grab a beer come sit down we fucking sat in madness and had a beer and it was like fucking hell man this is it <laughs> Box ticked. Right, and then because part... he can be notoriously prickly. I yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he was he was good as gold. He wasn't that hammered, but because yeah, he likes the booze, doesn't he? Yeah, so, yeah. And then um, fast forward five years, and my band's recording in this little studio called Earthworks. Um, oh, yeah, I know in, that. Where is it? Right at the end of the Northern Line. Uh, I can't think what, it, what the place is. It's on Potter's Bar. Anyway. I can hear a saxophone in the studio next door. So I'm going to have a little look. And I can, it's Lee with wow. some other young band that he was working with. So I was like, fucking hell, it's like, it's Lee Thompson. So I was like, all right, Lee. And he was like, all right. I said, oh, what's going on? He was telling me about his new band and that. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he said, like, can I come and have a listen to your band? I was like, yeah, definitely. So he's like, come in. And obviously, <laughs> like, shaking. And, like, and all of a sudden, we're trying to play the best we've ever fucking played. And... Uh, <laughs> And he said, oh, well, you know, what are you up to? And because uh, Arsenal were playing, I think it was Man United in some cup final. And he went, do you want to come watch football over the pub? And I was like, yes. Like, and uh, I said, like, it was my birthday. And I said, look, we're going to 
Camden Palais tonight for feet first. Like it's an indie night. Like mm. he's, like, have, he's like, have a good night, lads. We come out of there at wherever it was, fucking two o'clock in the morning, walking through Camden, and you hear like beep 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 beep, and it was Lee in his van. And I was like, fucking, hell, what are you doing? He said, oh, I was just doing my bill posting because he had no money, yeah. and he was fly postering. And I just thought. You have more fucking top 40 hits than uh, anyone else no, in the no, 80s. They must and have got fucked on them. Fucking fly postering like at two o'clock in the morning. But, uh, you know, he's he come and DJ for for us a fair few times now. And, uh, you know, they've made their dough. Yeah. Well, they have, uh, I think at least with those mad stuff, yeah, they must have yeah. made some dough. But I, I like about, I mean, this would be 20 years ago now. Like, my friend would work for the BBC and she was, she was uh, going on tour with Blondie. Wow. To sort of resurrect, you know, like they were, they, they just had that Maria, Maria, yeah, which actually was quite a decent song, Brilliant wasn't it? Um, and um, and they were back on the road because they had no money, you know, and and you were you were kind of going like, who didn't have parallel parallel lines? You know yeah. what I mean? Like it was such a massive song, yeah. And you kind of going, how have they got no money? Yeah, you know, how is that possible? And, yeah. you, and you just like because they must have got so flipping, yeah, you know, screwed. Hello, I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because i've put playlists up for each of these if you can't find it on there i'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode so you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks anyway i'll shut up get back to the podcast see you on the other side but speaking of uh like everyone bad reggae uh, uh we, we, you know you, you you touched on you know it spawned some 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 pretty bad stuff after Bob Marley. But did you watch the UB40 documentary? Yeah, no. What was that? Fucking hell! It was on the iPlayer about a year ago. Um, Early stuff's fantastic though, isn't uh, it? Fucking yeah! yeah First yeah, album, yeah, incredible. Yeah. Like, um, but then they yeah. it was Fifth covers all the way. Yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. One in ten's a fucking one in ten's oh. a gorgeous song. Yeah, his voice. Is yeah, his voice is. It was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, undeniable. But he's then, beautiful as well. I mean, he's the size of a house now, but yeah, back then, he yeah. was like skinny. Absolutely. Gaunt, beautiful, beautiful I, I, I saw him, him and Chrissy Iron doing, it was like breakfast in bed or I got you, babe, or something. Yeah, I, it was I got you, babe. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, Red Red Wine, actually, is a good song as well. And, uh, for a cover. Yeah. Uh, and and he, he did. He, he, he looked beautiful. Uh, and, uh, and you see him now, and you know, he's tragic. Like, you know, they were... Like literally, one of the biggest selling artists of the eighties yeah. and, and probably the early nineties, sold like stadiums worldwide, and literally they're all bankrupt. Yeah, and like, Why? but they, they they were saying like, you well, know, they're making money out of those songs, right? But but the touring, they, they should all be worth yeah, fifteen twenty million each. Yeah, yeah, they should be. And and then they've all fallen out. So you've got two UB forties touring there. Oh, right. You've got Ali Asti, is it? Right. Uh, and and the other two brothers, well, the other brother hates him and hasn't spoke to him for ten years, and is now going out with the other members of uh, UB40, and they've found their younger brother that was never in the band, who sounds exactly like Ali, oh, right, right, now right. sings for the other UB40, right, right. 
It's fucking tragic. It's just ripped a family apart. Yeah. And they got no money. Like, because they were saying like they were just spending money on studios. And he said every time they went for a, a meeting with the accountants, they were just fucking smoked out of their brains. Yeah, yeah. So like, he said nothing was going in. They weren't interested. And he said then all of a sudden they went, you got no money left. But they said they were literally stitched. Someone's got a I lot of money were. somewhere. But, they, but they're interesting as well because, because they... All that sort of labour of love stuff, which is all covers, as mm-hmm. we, you know, as we've just been discussing, um, they, they, because of the, they're absolute heroes in Jamaica because mm. all these artists who, you know, as the Jamaican music, it's all yardies and yeah. everyone stiffing everybody. So all these people who are had stars in the 60s or 70s are literally bankrupt because they don't yeah. make any money because well, they were stiffed by record absolutely companies. Absolutely caked or, now. Yeah. UB40 made them loads of money. Yep. So, so they'll play in Jamaica and we think they're naff, you yeah. know. But these, you know, mm. what you would say, we're like, well, if, if anyone's going to judge you on your reggae, it should be the Jamaicans, yeah, really. Like, we'll yeah. absolutely love them because yeah. they kind of... Get, actually, these guys managed to get paid yeah. through them, you know, because yeah. they would have. Probably that's half of well, half of where you before his money went. Well, I guess so. Back yeah. to where it should have gone, I suppose, in mm. the first place. But I think a lot of it went to Jamaica as well. <laughs> for, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, where, where did you go to school? I went to school in Bishop Stortford. Okay, and your dad was the chaplain at the yeah, school. Yeah, yeah. Okay, how was that? Well, I don't know because you. It's difficult to say. I don't know how anyone's experience of, of not being uh, the son of the chaplain at the school. Mm-hmm. So I, I think probably a bit difficult. Um, I think my relationship with my father's not great. And of course, being religious. I mean, I think that the whole sort of, I don't know how much religion you have or have ever had, but like the, the if, you, if you grow up, it's weird if, if your father is kind of like telling you what to do and it feels like it's been backed up by God. It's quite a weird scenario. Yeah, I can imagine. So, and then still being at the same school. I was a boarding school, you know, so it's like I was no real escape from that scenario of being the thicker son. So and I don't mean that paint that him in, 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 in an ill picture, but I think it was very uh, it was very difficult to not be seen there in that scenario, you know. So I think, I, I think in retrospect... At the time, I just thought, well, that's my life, you know. I didn't really sort of, like, oh, this is horrible. But in retrospect, I wish I hadn't gone to the same school that he was yeah. a chaplain of. And I don't mean that in disrespect to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I can disrespect him. We can do that later on. But, like, but not for that, you know. I think it was just too, it's too near. So, aside from, you know, I mean, I, I can't comprehend what it must be like to, to go to school and your dad's there every day. Mm. That, 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 that must be quite odd. Um Did you enjoy school? Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com work. Shopify.com work. Wow. Nice. Yeah. 
What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, I did actually, because I, I, I was really... Uh, arty and had a really good art department and actually my, the, 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 the art teacher was, was, a, was a really good guy who really sort of uh, a bit of a sort of surrogate father really and I think the art department's a bit of an escape it's the sort of you know it's the sort of fifth column yeah, yeah. Um, of, a, of a so you know to grow up in a kind of boarding school is it was a safe haven to, but I spent most of my time in, in the art in the art department which I loved and because it was like you know it was a private school mm-hmm. it was quite well funded so there was there we had like life club drawing classes mm. which was quite unusual for a secondary yeah. school you know um so I, I i loved it and i was also really sporty and again it was a really sporty school so i think i i i did enjoy it i you know in retrospect i i i think it's it's interesting actually i was just talking about this but my, my best friend from school was in the year below me which is quite weird. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, I, and we were kind of, we were kind of thinking. I wonder if that was like because we couldn't find any kindred spirits. We had to, we had to go to a different year yeah. to find a, someone that we actually yeah. related to because most of the people there were. Yeah. I'm not bad mouthing them, but I think they're kind of. It's the establishment. It's people who went into their dad's firms in the city, or a lot of military people, and it's you know it's Tory central. So and I think I didn't. I felt ill at ease with that. For you didn't reason. feel a particular connection to Not it. at all, not at all. Right. No, and I felt very much like outside of that. So um, for someone that was gravitating towards the arts in an environment like that, mm. you know, that's... Did you, you know, stick out like a sore thumb? Yeah, I think I stick out like a sore thumb for a lot of reasons because I was quite arty in a very... So I'm poncing around trying to look like Robert Smith with some makeup on the weekend, yeah. you know, and I'm the vicar's son. And also, I think... Like, it's not... It's weird, and I don't want to over-egg this because it's not like, I'm, woe is me, and I'm certainly not born on the wrong side of the tracks. But yeah, of anyone, course. But I think it's quite weird being n- not a wealthy child in a very wealthy school, you know. Like my dad's a vicar, so we had, you know, we weren't wealthy. I mean, if you put me in a different context, it, yeah. I would have been, I'm, I'm very middle class, you know, but like, but, but um, so I think when a lot of your friends or sort of peers have got everything that, you know, I mean, and a lot, as I say, a lot, a lot of what they had was really fucked up. Some of their family yeah. lives are screwed up, you know, but, but, but it was, it is quite weird to grow up being, I felt like a, in whatever context, if you were a fish out of water, yeah. I think it's quite odd to, yeah. to, to grow up in that environment. As I say, I, I'm not saying, oh, poor old me, you know no, what no, I mean? No, but, no, but no. It's you know? a, a little bit odd to grow up, be the, be not like anyone else. Yeah. You know? For a number of reasons, I think to be yeah. the vicar's son, to be the arty one in a quite a sort of 
boring yeah. school. That's not why with me. That's that's the reality of your school life, and that you know that is unusual. Yeah, it was unusual. So I think I always felt a bit like an outsider, you know. Yeah. Um, but does that, that did that fuel you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it's. I think if you had a if you had a if you had a a sort of because a lot of a lot of people think what well, well, comedians are like the life and soul of the party, or you know that the guy who gets up and chats on and is the uh-huh. funny guy, and that's actually they aren't. They're almost to a man, socially quite awkward, or outsiders, or uh, there's a lot of comedians on the spectrum, dyslexia, all that sort of stuff. So I think they're kind of they if if they were if they were socially more competent, they would sort of they wouldn't be stand ups because they would tick that box, you know, because they would make people laugh in the pub. In it's the, it, you're the kid standing standing watching the the the, the life and soul of the party going. I'm funny than that wanker, yeah. you know. But like, but I haven't quite got the courage or the yeah. or, or the, the, yeah. the the sort of uh, the the social airs to 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 do it there. Yeah. So you you're sort of slightly outside, I think. I think I think that's that's certainly not an unusual, uh, you know, thing to say. I think a lot of people go through that. You know, I, I know for a fact that every single one of my pals that I was in bands with and things like that were. Once you had them comfortable, they were way funnier mm. than the kids that were really good at fucking football at college. Mm, mm, Do you know mm. what I mean? But those kids that were good at football with you know had better haircuts and were better looking and and had had all the girls. But you know, but it does make you think. Right, well, I'll tell you, how I'm going to do that. I'm going to get on stage and I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to win. Do you mm. know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think that's and, exactly right. It's that. It's that. It's that. I think it's it's a, it's it's fuel in the belly, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that. You know, I think what 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 is your what is your weakness becomes your strength if you if you if Perfect. you so choose. You know, absolutely. If you play your cards right, and because I think you're you know what is seen as a weakness, or you're the weirdo, you're the you're the gay one, you're the black yeah. one, you're yeah. the kind of the disabled one, whatever it is, the thing that you would be pilloried for as a child because what mm. kids are like horrible, you know, um, it ends up being your absolute sort of unique selling point you know Completely. that marks you out as being unusual and and i think you you know that outsider gene um you you have a unique take on things absolutely couldn't agree more um so moving on then mate we'll, we'll, we'll get on a track for and we, we mentioned these earlier and i asked you what the first record that you ever bought was yeah have you forgot what that one was? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was so. Yeah, it's Babylon's Burning. Yeah. Um, I, That's fucking great that you come on stage for the first record you ever bought as well. I like that. Yeah, it's it's fucking it's weird, isn't it? Because you, you, I think I would have been seven or eight, and it always. I mean, it, to qualify that, the second one I bought was Summer Loving. So I'm not going to claim I'm that cool. You know what I mean? Okay. So, so, so I'm not sort of going, yeah, because people go, oh, bollocks, you. that's yeah, the first yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and it was like, oh, genuinely, that was the first song I've got. Yeah. Um, but as I say, I'm not claiming any brownie points because I had some duffers in there as well. Yeah. Um, I, just, I just, I just thought it sounded great. It just sounded great. So that, and the, fir- the first, that's why I was slightly queer as to which one I'd said, because... I didn't actually buy it, but the first album that I remember I asked for it for Christmas was One Step Beyond, and I got the album. Yeah. But the first single I bought was was Babylon's Burning, and um, I just it's just I suppose it's, again it's that it's that reggae punk crossover, mm-hmm. the energy, the mm-hmm. bass, 
It's just that beautiful yeah. rumble, you know. Um, and it just, just sounds great. just sounds mm. good. I think, again, you know, the, the, what they were talking about, the politics, I, I part, would have passed me by at eight, yeah. you know. But I, I could hear there was a sort of discontent. And I think that's probably something, going back to what we were just talking about, yeah. being the out, slightly outside. I think I've always felt slightly discontent, you know. Um, and uh, the atheist in the vicarage, the kind of the poor kid in the in the private school, yeah. the kind of the, the the sort of lefty in the Tory kind yeah. of uh, environment. So I think I've always felt slightly ill at ease in my own skin. So maybe it's that that that, that appear, appeals to me in punk, you know. Um, so it's ridiculous. Like escapism and no, I think that that there's a, there's a, there's, a, there's an anger. Yeah, you know, anger is an energy. Of course, of course. famously. Um, so. so, so I think I think in all of those songs, that's kind of, and you get it in reggae, and you get it in punk. It's it's, a, it's angry. I'm fucking angry. Mm. You know, it's that lovely. Do you think thing. that? Do you, do you think it subsides, or do you think it's still there as you get older? No, I'm still really angry. Yeah, for reasons <laughs> I can't explain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my daughter. My daughter says, says, "I think I was. I've split up with her mother, unfortunately. And at some point, my daughter just went." You're quite an angry man, aren't you? <laughs> she, she, she'd have been about six, and I, part of me was like, "Have you just overheard that?" Yeah. Like, but I kind of think I, I am angry, you know. Yeah. And I think part of me thinks I would do well to drop that. And I have to an extent. I, I think I, I laugh at myself way more than I, you know, yeah. than I used to. But I also feel like it's such a part of my DNA that I, I can't lose it. I don't want to lose it. Yeah. You know? I don't want to get to the point. I would like to be way more comfortable in my skin, but I also don't want to get to the point where I'm. I just I'm shamming my car on a Sunday, you know, yeah. because because I, isn't life lovely? Yeah. You know, I think I think I need I need. I need a certain discontent. To push for what? Uh, I suppose to... P- 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 yeah, good question. Um, because, I f- because I feel like there's, there's sort of people in establishment who need to, their pomposity pricked because I find that a lot of mainstream kind of culture I find offensive. Mm-hmm. But yet, what we're talking about, you know, what we just yeah. said about, about football, those are the cool kids, mm-hmm. those are the kids that yeah. get the girls and are seen to be. Yeah. But, like, I hate it. Yeah. You know, and I sit from an outside. How, how many times have you seen, you know, in, in your own, you know, seen films or bands or, or where you think, how are these guys not superstars? Yeah. You know? This, this, is, this is the shit. Yeah. And then how many times have you watched, you know, Bobby Bland yeah. inherit the earth and yeah. go... <sighs> Yeah. That makes me, that still makes me yeah. angry, and I think I, I it's I, I hope it always does. Yeah, you know, because probably if it stops making me angry, I'm I'm now listening to Bobby Bland. Going, yeah. I, love, I love this tune. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. And, I don't, and I never want to be that. And I think I have to. So, do you find yourself in in social situations where do you ever have to check yourself that you think that like, everyone's having a really good time here, and I'm thinking something quite narky about? the fact that everyone's discussing fucking Love Island or something like that. Do you ever think, Marcus, just, 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 just stop, mate. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like, All the time. Don't, don't you? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> always, absolutely. mate. Always. always. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it's going to be, the, I know that it's going to end up in the car on the way my wife going, you've done it again. Why did you do that? Yeah. 
Why do you no. spoil a perfectly yeah. nice stuff? <laughs> it's funny because my, my daughter, a couple of years ago, was we got our tickets to go and see uh, um, Bieber, Dustin Bieber, right? right. And, and we were discussing who was going to go and who was going to take her, yeah. like my, her mother or myself. Yeah. And, and I, actually, I quite like a few Justin yeah. Bieber songs, but the most recent ones, some beautiful production on it, anyway. Yeah. Um, and I, so, and I would love to have taken my daughter to probably what well, that was probably her first ever live gig, I think. Um, but I was saying to to, to her mum, like, if I go, I'm gonna hate every. I'm gonna hate that it's a massive production. I'm going to hate that the T-shirts are 60 quid. I'm going to hate that you're yeah. a mile away from the stage. I'm going to hate all the wankers that are supporting him. He, he'd probably be pretty good, I suspect. Mm-hmm. But I'll just... I'll, I'll, all I'll do is bitch and moan yeah. and ruin it for everyone, you know? Like, yeah. So don't go. Yeah. Um, because my daughter just wants to have a nice time. I took her to, to Lord, yeah. and I bitched and moaned for, I like Lord. I think she's yeah. great. Yeah. But I hated the show, <laughs> you know. And I bitched and moaned about why it was shit, which for reasons I would totally think would stand up in court, yeah. you know. But my thirteen-year-old daughter just went, "Like I just had a really nice time. Why do you have to spoil it?" Yeah. You know? Like, like, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah you're right. You're right. I'm just <laughs> all I'm doing is spoiling her fun. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making the world better. Yeah. You know, like." So you have to pick your battles, I suppose. Yeah. Like, I think there's a point, you know, as you point, pointed out, like, I want to keep that anger. Yeah. I think I, I need to keep the anger. I also hopefully have slightly learned to let some of it go. Yeah. Because it's not self-serving. Sure. I think, you know, pick your battles, I think. Yeah. Do, do, does, does, does it really matter that people are watching Love Island? I mean, on one hand, y- yes, really it's all sort of bringing down the standards, does, you know. Yeah, it bothers me. Um, oh. See, normally someone, it's always Chris when I'm doing the... He's uh, got a decent ringtone. <laughs> 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 that could have been worse. Um, uh, yeah, uh, sorry about that. Um, we was uh, in Berlin for a stag do once, um, queuing up to go through passport control, and my business partner... Um, Everyone had the ump because we'd been standing there for an hour and a half, and then all of a sudden, you just heard, "When will I? Will I be?" F-? And it just ripped into bros as a yeah. ringtone. And uh, I'd like to say he had it on there ironically, but he didn't. <laughs> didn't. He, uh, he fucking loved that tune. Could you ever be friends again? Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Well, look. So let's let's um, let's not get. Uh, I, I don't want to drill into your brain too much, right? But. Um, I'm sure, uh, as as an angry young man, uh, most of it's going to come to fruition throughout those those years of clubbing and finding out who you really are, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And so, for track five, um, I've asked you to pick the song that soundtrack your your clubbing years. Yeah. Well, I think I had t- I had two, didn't I? As we discussed earlier, yes. I think the, the the one that I went for was "Been Caught Stealing" yeah. um, by Jane's Addiction, which, like, I never really. Before we go on to that, do you want to? Mention the other one that you was gonna choose. Yeah, um, Mud Honey. Yeah, um, uh, Touch Me, I'm Sick. Yeah, one of the most angriest fucking records ever so, made. So good, so good. And uh, like I, uh, and again, as we discussed earlier, that was James. That that's that. Being caught stealing is not one of their 
It's not one of my favourite songs of theirs yeah. anyway. I think it's you know it's anthemic and it was massively popular. So I think it, that's why you hen- you ended up hearing it in clubs. Yeah, um, it's fucking great though. Yeah, it is great. And it's a great. It is great. But it, yeah. there are there are there are greater James Addiction songs than mm-hmm. that. It's the it's the pop. It's the single, isn't it? That made them mm-hmm. sort of. Uh, I, I, it's, it's great. Good video. Mm. Um, but. Um, it always seemed to be everywhere in those sort of indie student union. I never, really, I never really did clubbing, you know. I, did, I wasn't part of the kind of rave scene. No, no. Um, I mean, this question, you know, isn't directed at you know where was you with your shirt off with glow sticks in your hand. It yeah, was like, no, I wasn't. Where, where did you jump around as you know? When, I, I, when in you... student, I went to I went to Edinburgh University and then I went to Newcastle University. So so I, I was student unioning, and then I was in bands. So 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 so, but you would hear both those songs a lot. Um, at that sort of time, which would be like eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, they you know. were um, they were absolute alternative club classics. Yeah, absolute they? classics. Touch me, I'm sick. It's so, still sounds so good. So, yeah. so, I mean, I didn't really think like unlike James Addiction, who I think had like a, a million other better songs. I don't know that mm-hmm. Martani had a lot more good songs. Really, that's definitely their yeah. best song. Anyway, I, I, um, I agree. Um, uh, but it's just, it's just, it's. Like what we were going talked to him about before about kind of new rows or or kind of it, it's the sound of it just sounds yeah. so loud. I mean, whoever produced it, and how they produce it, what how does that still sound? Like Ace, how does Ace of Spades sound louder than anything? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, even if you put it on, you sort of yeah. go, how, how what, what 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 when's that? At yeah. 80, 1980, something. Yeah. Um, how is that louder than? You know, a song that's produced in 2018. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know who's doing what, but like yeah. it still sounds and just like and and that. Yeah, touch me on six got that, isn't it? And the lyrics. I mean, I don't know. God knows what the actual lyrics are yeah. about, but it just. But you were <laughs> waiting for the, 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 the after the middle eight for the fuck me, I'm sick. Because that was the <laughs> yeah, best yeah, bit. You really screamed that yeah, bit yeah, in the yeah, clubs, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that's not yeah, a swear word in a song. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. and I know that's not on your list, but. I will ensure that that is on the uh, Spotify playlist because if you've never heard Touch Me, I'm Sick by Mud Honey, head over and have a listen because it will become your new favourite song to uh, jump around in your bedroom to. It's fucking great. So Edinburgh and Newcastle was in the early 90s, you know, down here it was was rife with alternative clubs. So, you know, this is kind of pre-Nirvana, I guess, at this point. Um, Yeah, well... Nirvana was would be nice. pre Nevermind, I guess. Pre Nevermind, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, like Nevermind rolled into town, and I didn't really. I sort of, I was a bit late to the party on that yeah. one, so I didn't see them when they like the Newcastle ha- uh, had a really good club called the Riverside, which was tiny. Um, so are uh, we talking Carter Wonder stuff and uh, yep, you know and yep, poppies those, and those, all, those all, all that poppies. stuff as well. I, I was in a band that supported the poppies actually. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back in the day, and we supported Prodigy and uh, decent, which was so again. Um, with ninety ninety one, yeah, that sort of era, um, and uh, yeah, I kind of just, I, I, I think I put the, the, all, the rave stuff. I never really got. I never really liked. I think I, you know, perhaps going back to punk and reggae, I never really liked that kind of drum machine too mm-hmm. much. I, I mean, that, that there are loads of songs that I've got a drum machine on that I think are great, a lot of hip hop, mm-hmm. Jesus and Mary Chain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, Sisters of Mercy, of mm-hmm. you know, all, all stuff that is drum machine. But yep. so, so, so I'll, you know, I'll take that back. But as a sort of rule of thumb, I find sort of overly produced club 
sort of house music. I just I, I can't get into it. I know what you're saying. Um, I, can't, I can't feel the human humanity of it, you know. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it was all. I think that's accentuated by being in a band. Maybe. Like I'm a drummer. I was a drummer and a bass player in a band. Oh, right, so, okay. so I kind of, I suppose, I, 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 I have that in my sort of soul. Rhythm. Yeah, and I like that. Just that soft, the bass in your face. You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, so it's not that I'm snobbish, and I think you know, so like I really like a lot of particularly early hip hop, which was, which you know, is mostly you know, yeah. d- d- drum machine loops and stuff like Completely. that. So, so um, it isn't that I'm averse to it, but but um, I think I think it's that sort of like. I don't know. I suppose I, I didn't. All house music just seemed to, didn't seem to be funky enough. Didn't seem to, so, it wasn't so, black enough. I think that's the thing. Like, doesn't didn't have any didn't have any sort of like get jiggy with it. Yeah. You know, it didn't. I didn't. I don't know. It felt too sort of heady. You know. So you um, wasn't you wasn't one of them people that would you know every weekend go out and uh, rock your socks off, but then on a Wednesday night there was the the cheesy night that done panda pint where you could. You know, you had to put on your, your trousers and go and, and pull a girl. No. No? No, I wasn't. I don't know what the fuck I was doing at university, yeah. but I wasn't out pulling girls. I, I mean, looking yeah. back, I was like, what was I playing at? You know, yeah. no disrespect to, I'd like to, to the to two lovely women that I went out with at university yeah. who were great. But I was always... It, there was a really good club in, in um, Newcastle called The Drop, which... Dance, which was like really heavy dub reggae and and reggae and sort of bits of world music, um, but mostly just stoned out reggae. And it upstairs was uh, um, like this heavy metal rock night. Um, so it would have been at that point Guns and Roses and Faith No More and kind of people like who are. Hair metal bands, I suppose, yeah. um, which I always sort of quite liked as well because I just quite like the guitar sound. Yeah. So I think I would sort of like, you know, I would sort of secretly yeah. go upstairs yeah. to to have a bit of a head, you know, air yeah. guitar a bit. Got to embrace uh, Faith no more. Yeah, I mean, what Faith, Faith no, that, you know, epic is yeah. epic, you yeah. know. Um, and uh, so I think I sort of snuck upstairs and listened to a bit of that, but that yeah. was really. That was really the clubbing I was doing, or then I was playing out in a band. Yeah. So, so I didn't, you know, I wasn't clubbing as much. Yeah. Or as such, rather. Okay. Okay. Were you? Um, I was DJing. Yeah. So well, what were you DJing? Um, the music you've just been talking about. Yeah, right. Not right. the stoned out of uh, uh, your mind dub. Yeah. Uh, alternative music. Yeah. I started DJing in '91, and uh, and in '91, pretty much started touring in my band as well. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and right the way through to still stop the band in maybe 99 second band um and what were you playing with the band what was the band uh, i was a singer in the first band yeah um, what kind of music was it it was kind of beastie boys meets um it was more novelty based um that's us there behind you uh All right. so uh yeah, it was quite way too many of you to make yeah, any money. Yeah, there was nine of us. Yeah, <laughs> there was nine of us. Um, it was a comedy band. It was managed by Ricky Gervais. That was that our claim right? to fame. Okay. Yeah, that's our, our one little claim to fame that uh, he thought we was funny. Right. So uh, we must have been. But um, yeah, then I was in a serious band and uh, played keys and, and wrote wrote in that one. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, done a couple of tours and put an album out and nothing that anyone would ever remember or know. But ticked all the boxes I wanted to tick and, yeah, yeah. and had a good time. Yeah, absolutely. I had a good time. And, uh, I had a really good time. 
Um, Beastie Boys, another another band that like that sort of shake your head kind of um sort of just, just, just that. I think that cross of between kind of you know some tech and some proper playing. But you've got um, something's got to give, which is the most stoned out, mm. incredible record ever, going into Time for Living, which mm. is. Straight up hardcore. hardcore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It's a hardcore song. You know, yeah, yeah. and then you got So What You Want. It's... So What You Want is such a good song, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think that's probably my favourite Beastie yeah. Boys song. And, and I wasn't aware of that when that came out. Yeah. You know, uh, Licence to Ill, like any 13-year-old boy, was the most amazing thing ever. And then Paul's Boutique and Check Your Head, I didn't know. Yeah. They only resurfaced when Ill Communication well, came so out talking about people not getting enough credit, I mean, yeah. I think Paul's Boutique is... The best hip hop ba- yeah. album, you know. And I Eggman think is my favourite Beastie Boys track. N- doesn't get the credit that yeah. it deserves, you know, because I think it was way ahead of its time, and you know, it, it ruined them really. Yeah. Like, because they're like, what, "What's this?" Yeah, um, um, but it's superb. I saw Beastie Boys in Newcastle with Henry Rollins' band and him um, nice. and the Beastie Boys, which was when they were first pre-Check Your Head. Check Your Head was just about to come out. So where was this with Rollins? Was this Liar and stuff like that? Around uh, that I don't, I don't know where. I mean, it was Rollins' band. Um, and I don't know because I'm not a big Henry Rollins music fan. Yeah, I quite yeah. like his poetry and stuff. But, I think he's but, um, great. I'm, I'm not yeah, a fan of his music, yeah, but yeah, yeah. he interests me. Yeah, yeah. he interests. Me. I think he's a he's a fascinating character. So I've seen a, a few of his. If, just a podcast shout out. Um, have you listened to Rollins on Joe Rogan's podcast? No, it's fucking incredible. It's yeah, absolutely amazing. Just talks about his whole career. Right, and, right. And uh, he's, he's yeah. Was he, he had a was it a radio station or he had a podcast or which he had the great and the good on as well? Um, uh, I think it was a radio, I think it must have been a radio show or t- even been a TV show. It was a sort of you know yeah. Rollins talks to the great and the good of, yeah. of the kind of from, from everyone from you know Izzard to kind of Perry Farrell. Really. Yeah, um, nice. Jones's jukebox as well as another one that I'm yeah. Like, yeah I've never listened to that. Oh, you should. Wait, because you can see it a lot on. I, I mean, I think I don't think I've actually ever listened to it, but you can get a lot of it on YouTube. So so you just. I mean, he, you know, he's sort of alternative rock royalty, isn't he? So he, he says he gets everyone on there from, from Iggy to Stuart Copeland was on yeah. there, you know, and just just because every everybody wants to be near a Sex Pistol, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, Anyone yeah. who's got any chops yeah. about them, of course. So and he's just he's so candid, and just he doesn't give a shit, you know yeah. what I mean? He's got nothing to prove. He's he's the guitar, he, you know. Yeah. He's arguably the best bit in in the sound yeah, of the Sex yeah, Pistols, anyway. You know, and I tell, um, tell you what, when I saw I saw James about probably longer than I, I recall, but I reckon maybe five years ago mm. they come over and play Brixton, mm-hmm. and I think they come and play Ritual in its entirety, and right. then they come back on and play Jane Says and mm. whatever else, and. Uh, Perry looked incredible, mm, doesn't he? He, yeah, he yeah. just looked Still everything you want from him. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Navara, he looked, he looked too LA. He looked like just a bit of a a, a Wally. It's I too, thought. too much, too much tattoos, too much makeup, too much leather trousers. So isn't I, it? I won't say who. One of the the, the previous guests um, played with James, right? And uh, in in his band, and. He said he was like us. He was a huge Jane's Addiction fan, and sort of asked if he could go and meet him before the show. And it was like, yeah. And he was chatting to Perry Farrell on that, and was watching the makeup artist draw and accentuate 
Navara's six pack. Of course. Oh, really? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, oh, come on, man. Yeah, no, you read James Addiction, you was married to Carmen Electra. You've ticked all the boxes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You don't need to draw a six pack on, mate. No, exactly. Like, just, we, we, absolutely. You've got nothing to prove. Yeah, you're, you're, I'm you're, you're a legend. Your body Stop at your it. age, Stop mate. It, you look yeah. incredible. Well, I think that's what, that's sort of like, you know. What's what's nice about Steve Jones is that he's just he's a he's a fat fuck, isn't he? Yeah, really? yeah. Like like and but he he's so he's he's just like I've got nothing to prove. He's just really chatty and talks, yeah. and he's not like he's not giving it the big I am. Yeah, he's just funny. He's funny, and he's got that yeah. beautiful that beautiful authentic London voice Definitely. which you don't really hear anymore. You know, Definitely. like uh, of that era of a lot of those punk guys, yeah. um, and it's a beautiful sound to their voices. And he just talks, and he just gets gets great acts on. Hello, dog. Hello. Um, uh, we've just been visited by your dog. Yeah, I think that the wife and children have come and let the dog out. Yeah. So, uh, he's probably been jumping at the, the window for about an hour trying to see who you are. Yeah, Steve Steve Jones, he's, uh, he's just a dude, isn't he? He's just a dude. Right. Uh, what are your thoughts on Lydon? Uh, I, think he's, I think he's amazing in terms of, like... If you you know now revisiting some of the lyrics that are in the Sex Pistols that he must have written when mm-hmm. he was nineteen or twenty yeah. or whatever it is are are, are, are incre- yeah. incredibly savage and 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 I think you 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 see interviews with him and he's so ardent and kind of principled and but you sort of think oh come on light, lighten up. Yeah. You know, stop slagging everybody off yeah. again, again. A little bit like what, what we're saying, and kind of going, you you've got nothing to prove. You're Johnny Rotten. Yeah, enjoy it. Yeah, people love you. You're yeah. not. You know, and I'm, and I'm, you know, of course, you know, as we all as we remember, there was times when he's getting knifed in the street and he's public enemy number one. Mm. So it must be very difficult mm. to sort of climb down from the the real hatred that's yeah, a daily absolutely. male British hatred mm-hmm. but that's years ago and he's a, he's a he's a public inst- you know he's a sort of he's a national treasure isn't he now Completely. and Completely. Uh, I mean he walks down the street people will be you know yeah. shaking his hand no, yeah. no one no one no one's trying to knife him now no and you sort of think I wish he would be a bit more cheery yeah like I've, I've, have, you, re- have you read No Black Snarish yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like a lot of those guys, all those punk guys have got that. It was all me, and everyone else is a wanker. Yeah, you know, like yeah. like Shane McGowan's book is like that. You is know, that a, a drink with Shane McGowan, the one yeah, that you yeah, wrote yeah. with his? Yeah, but what, everything he says yeah. is, is is all, and it's just that. But that was that was ridiculous. That one, like I, I thought, Lydon's was really good, and and I love Shane McGowan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I read that, he thinks he's better looking than Johnny Depp. <laughs> you know. He thinks he's a better fighter than Steve Collins. He, he, knowing you think, well, you're not. Yeah, yeah. But, but that, you're the yeah. But, but you're but you're Shane McGowan. You don't have yeah. to be those guys. Exactly, you know, no, exactly. I, know, I, know. Uh, um, I just wish a, a, I do seem to get that story from a lot of punk. I wonder whether I was just sort of thinking about this. I wonder whether it's because there's always a slight chip on their shoulder. Of a, a lot of them are East Enders, who often are slightly chippy. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, there's that, because there was that notion that they couldn't ever really play. I'm, I'm not saying that, but like they're sort of, they, they weren't real musicians, as it were. They were sort of yeah, chances. Yeah, but, but that, that was what that they, they were always against, slightly right? had to put their backs against the wall about, yeah. like, no, I am, a, do take me seriously. You know? yeah. They all seem to, they all seem to have that kind yeah. of like, 
I need to be taken seriously. Affirmation, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, we, we do take you seriously. We love you. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. yeah. And Leiden is just never seems to be anything other than just like really vitriolic about everybody. But I don't know. I mean, I, I've read interviews with people that have bumped into him and like, and he was an arsehole to them. And, and they were just really pleased to say, look, really like what you've done. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like, you know, he strikes me like I imagine Morrissey would be that you probably could never say the right thing to someone no, like that. They're, no. they're constantly just got a snarl that they're going to... No. Well, maybe that's what makes a Morrissey or what makes a Johnny Lydon. Maybe. Is, is, that, is that sort of just yeah. the, the snarl and you, you, you can't... It's not a creation. That's yeah. what, who they are. And to, and to be able to write those, those lyrics and to stand up against, you know, literally the nation yeah. and to be public enemy number one and to be able to bear that, you you've really got to have some chops haven't you and, to, yeah. and so I suppose maybe that's just um, for us to turn you know for us to turn around and kind of go couldn't you smile a bit more it's yeah. probably you should go and hang around with Guy Garvey he's like a <laughs> he's nice <lovely>. fella <laughs> <laughs> alright track six mate I've asked you to um, pick a favourite song from an artist from your home county and so I see that you've chose your home county now because you, you now have relocated to Essex yeah yeah Nice Essex, Leon C. I'm in Porsche Essex, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is nice, actually. I went swimming in the sea today. I saw a picture uh, of uh, our friend Rich Wilson in a shorty wetsuit yeah. um, a little while ago. Um, was that your yeah, doing? Yeah, well, it's not my doing as such. I mean, it is and it isn't. I think his, uh, his lovely girlfriend, Jade Adams, bought him that wetsuit in preparation, knowing that I have wetsuit and canoe and all that sort of gubbins and like to get in the sea so he has joined me in the sea on a couple of occasions so that photograph would have probably been uh, from one of those occasions yeah <laughs> doesn't look like a fucking knob in his wetsuit yeah yeah it's brilliant <laughs> I, mean, I think not that i don't you know yeah, what I mean? it's like, impossible it's to not, not it's look not like flattering if you're yeah. if you are of a, you know it's flattering if you're a sort of 19 year old californian surf dude because you look svelte and but cool, you never but have it on properly you always have it kind of like slung around your waist <laughs> kind of uh Point Break esque. Um, so, are you, you you enjoy a wild swimming? I love a bit of swimming. I love it, I'm, and I live like two hundred yards from the sea, which is lovely. Um, which is lovely, and I try and get in the sea as much as I possibly can. So, oh, yeah. I love I will, it. I will yeah. tap you up because we, um, myself and Chris, who I do the other podcast with, um, we have sort of twice yearly excursions to either Wales or the Lake District oh, yeah. and we've got the, the wild swimming book and we go and find all the hidden swims. Oh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd love to do that too. Yeah, yeah. crazy places. Yeah. It's, uh, it's amazing. Do you do that? I've done, I did a Christmas Eve or New Year's sort of Eve swim in the sea as well, which, Lovely. Uh, which is always quite a good one. Um, that gets rid of the kind of hangover and the fun yeah. of mince pies, you know. Bracing. Um, bracing, very. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, you know, I don't want to get all hippie um, but I, you know, I, I, we went on a camping holiday to family to the Cotswolds, uh, and and in between being very middle class and eating cheese and drinking wine, um, you could swim in this this boating lake, and uh, so I was, I'd never really swum in a lake, and uh, and I'd done it, and and it was oh god, it sounds so fucking dumb, but being in water looking out mm. rather than being out looking in. Mm just changed it just blew my mind yeah and i was like right so i come home and thought well i need to find out about wild swimming what's this all about and uh bought these books that that gave you directions to all these hidden locations right. and these lagoons right. that are hidden up mountains through caves and i was like right 
I'm going to go and do it. And yeah. so, yeah, for the last maybe seven years, I go twice a year. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, yeah, me up. I'm sure Richard would take along the as well, no doubt. Rivers. We'll do it. We'll um, do it. That sounds great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we make little documentaries when we do it. Yeah. And, uh, great. Yeah, it's I'm good up, fun. Up, sign me up. Let's Bring a bottle it. of whiskey. It's all that. That's the thing. The swim, have a whiskey, and just feel good about it. It is. It's swim all day, uh, then copious amounts of whiskey and beer in it, some kind of small pub with a log fire. With a log fire. No, it's great, isn't it? I think it's, um, yeah, again, without sounding overly hippie, but there's a sort of elemental kind of at one with the earth about swimming in the sea. Absolutely. I've not done any lake swimming, actually, so I'm interested to see. Well, I think I probably have done a one, one or two lakes, but... The serpentine actually um, nice back in the day um but um yeah, it's just gorgeous you feel you just you just feel skin feels alive, great when you get out your as well. skin feels amazing yep. and uh, you feel amazing and it's just it's good yeah absolutely right so we've discussed that you live in in posh essex now you're in in, in leon c which is um it's very very lovely um and i've asked you to pick a song from an artist from your um your current home county and um, and you have chosen? I've chosen Yazoo's In My Room. You don't like drum machines? Yeah, yeah, I know. See, there you go. I'm, I'm, I'm funny, there's some <laughs> massive holes in, in, my, in what I'm talking about. I think probably, specifically on that one, the drum machine is um, overpowered by this beautiful voice, mm-hmm. you know? So I think it's not that I don't like drum machines or can't abide drum machines. I think it's, it's a mixture of a drum machines you know loop basses um sort of looped sort of uh, vocals mm-hmm. everything sounds synthetic so it isn't that i can't do any sort of synth techno stuff clearly um so that's i i, I, I like yuzu again i think my sister probably put me my sister really looked like Alison Moyer, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had that same 80s kind of... And the blue, yeah. the blue eyeliner back in the yeah. day, you know. And I think because, she, because, they, because we were so close to Yazoo, and in fact, the, the organist at my father's church was the brother of one of Depeche Mode. Oh, really? So, like, the, the key, one of the keyboardists in Depeche Mode, and uh, not mine, the other one. <laughs> Uh, Andy is it Andy Fletcher Andy Fletch. Fletcher yeah. so whatever his brother was called but he was a Fletcher he was the organist at a local church so I had to feel like there was a certain kind of like cross between yeah. between here and Basildon where I grew up in Basildon and I but I really liked Yazoo I just thought they were I just thought her voice was yeah. amazing and I, I liked that kind of you know she was she, you know she that's a big unit, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, and I think that she, kind of she wasn't a pop, she didn't look like a pop, a pop star. star, you know, exactly. And I think that slightly outside of thing of yeah. like, you know, sort of blonde girls prancing around looking beautiful, and here comes a real woman, yeah, flipping, giving it both barrels yeah. from the bottom yeah. of her lungs, you know. Yeah. And, I, and it's just, it's just great. And, and of course, you know, obviously, all that Vince Clark did and went on to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just. I, what I liked about that song, and again, I was I was looking at some of their some of their stuff. I liked a lot of Yazoo stuff. Situation. Stuff. It's all it's all great, you know, all great. Um, and uh, it, ha- it it quotes from um, the 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 uh, Lord's Prayer, mm-hmm. or starts to anyway. And I think that's when I I remember it and thinking, coming with my background of you know with, with the vicar and everything, of like, wow, you could. Do that. Hmm. You could take the Lord's Prayer and 
go over there with it, you know, yeah. which, which struck me as like, not sacrilege because I was like fully on board but yeah. like wow I, something that I thought was untouchable yeah. and, in, and an absolute sort of part of the establishment yeah. and here here are these guys taking, making fucking, pups, fucking yeah. around with it and, and, I, and I thought it was wonderful and I like that kind of sense of I like how it builds yeah. uh, as a song is beautiful and I like so structurally I think I admire it as a piece of music I, I, I like the kind of I like the kind of uh there's a sort of sadness to yeah. a lot of Yazoo stuff. Definitely, uh, definitely. It's 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 funny. Is that, is it, is that is it? What's that one? They're happy, happy people. Yeah. That's a Yazoo song, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I was thinking, was that an Eurasia song? But it's it's sort of happy mm-hmm. and sort of tragic. Yeah, I can imagine Vince Clark getting that shit kicked out of him in in late seventies Basildon yeah. for his you know blonde. Yeah. Tintin quiff and is yeah. sort of mincing around and you know yeah. in a very effete way. Yeah. I bet he, and and the same with Alison Moye, you know, you know. For kick- I am. Um, I like you know when I get a chance to just shout about another couple of podcasts when I, as, as as we we talk about stuff and um, and Trailblazers Eddie Temple Morris's podcast right. that he's um, he's just released with uh, Nick Hawks who set up Excel and signed the Prodigy and stuff um, had Daniel Miller from Mute Records on right and. As a, you know, living five minutes up the road from Basildon, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. Depeche Mode were, were everything. Yeah. And, but before that, it was all about erasure. You yeah. know, I adored erasure. Yeah. Uh, and he spoke about it. And, and it's a really interesting listen, how he set the label up and how he, you know, he, he literally signed Depeche Mode on a little agreement. And it was, you know, and it just grew and grew and grew. But he was saying that um, Vince and Anderson just, did not get on. Yeah. Did not ever spend any time on no, the second album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. We're never in the studio together no. for the second album. Uh, or, you know, not, had absolutely nothing to do with each other. Um, Shame, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did do a reunion. Mm. Um, maybe it was not that long ago, was it? Yeah, there was a, a mute records thing, and, and they they got back together and and done that. And uh, but it's it, you know it's weird growing up in a, a time when my you know. My introduction to only you was the flying pickets, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. you know, being a Christmas number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what a fucking beautiful record! Beautiful record. Only yeah. you. He's, he's absolutely just, you know, and used brilliantly in the finale of the office yeah. as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Know, of course, the, of course. The Tim and Dawn moment. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, was 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 used brilliantly on that. So that's a great shout for that, mate. Oh, so good. yeah, good off. Good. All right, so your last track, um, I always ask the guests to pick a track that um, perhaps the listeners might not have heard and, and you would like to turn up and go and have a listen. Do you know this one? No, I don't. Do you not? No. Uh, oh, I think you'll love it. I hope you will love it. It's, a, it's, well, it's Backwards by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which okay. is off their third album called The Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Yeah. Now, most people... Weren't, don't really know the Chili Peppers pre Blood, Blood Sugar, Sugar Sex Magic, which, in my sort of humble opinion, is kind of when they started going downhill. Really, yeah. Um, they became, you know, big news. I suppose mm-hmm. at that point, and I think, I think Blood Sugar, uh, yeah. Blood Sugar Sex Magic is a great album, but it's yeah. the cross between a, what was a very alternative mm-hmm. punk band into the mainstream. Yeah. And I think that's their sort of final moment where it was good. Yeah. Two albums back, 
had the original lineup where they were all at school together. Um, Frashanti? Uh, yeah, no, Frashanti is. Frashanti comes in because they're. So, the Uplift Mofo party plan has the original guitarist, Hillel Savlak, who right. they were at school with. Yep. Flea and, and uh, Anthony were at school with. And um, uh, Jackie Irons. They're all at school together in Fairfax, I think it was. Um, and they're all superb players. Hillel dies, that's where John Frascanti comes in. Um, Now, I think John Frascanti did two things. He made them, he made the Chili Peppers fantastic and really beautiful. So was his first album Mother's Milk? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is a dog's dinner of an album, really. There's a couple of decent songs on it. It's horribly produced. And I think John Frascanti is sort of trying to play like Hillel Sabak. And I think it's only really on Blood Sugar Sex Magic that he starts playing like John Frascanti. Um, So it's a bit of a dog's dinner. Um, but and for Scanty, I think produces beautiful melodic music, but actually I think isn't what Anthony Cardis can do. Yeah. So I think it it made them and ruined them at the same time. Yeah. I think they were better when they were a sort of oiky, sort of punky, funky band yeah. where it was much more about energy. Yeah. And Anthony was kind of rapping, kind of chanting, kind there of shouting. There was Primus and Fishbone, and there was all yeah, all that, all that era. Brilliant, know. Fishbone, Primus, yeah. all brilliant. Um, you know, great, great. That sort of you know, James Addiction in that same yeah. same era of kind of you know mid to late eighties, the Roxy, yeah. LA, yeah. strip kind of you know Living Color, yeah, there's, yeah, there's yeah, lots yeah, of bands around yeah, yeah, yeah. Faith No More, yeah, sort of nearly, and just really good, good. That sort of funk, hard, hard guitar, but but funky, and I think. But I think their their best uplift moment for Pipe Pan is the last album before Hillel dies, and it's just fantastic. Every song is a doozy. It's got a punky, raw element to it, and Hillel's guitar playing is like Jimi Hendrix. You know, it's, yeah. that, it's that sort of when the Scanty is much more melodic yeah. and sort of Eric Clapton-y in a way. Yeah, um, beautiful and intricate and gorgeous and mellifluous. Uh, Hillel's was. Gnarly, yeah. her- you know, heroin. Yeah, it's got yeah. heroin all over it, you know. And the Uplift Mofa Party Plan's got heroin all over it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a certain albums have got like that. You can tell what drugs yeah, 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 the band yeah. were on at the yeah. time. And dirty albums. Yeah, dirty albums. Yeah. Heroin's a good one for music, I think. <laughs> not clearly, clearly in the um, yeah. sadly, and I don't mean that in no respectful way. Garvey. Not, not, not good for the members, but good for the music. And. Uh, Backwards, it's just the guitar riff. It kind of starts with this just great Hendrixy kind of guitar riff, and this and Jackie Irons is just this superb drummer mm. that no one's ever heard of, and he 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 went insane. Like Hillel dies, he goes bananas because he can't deal with the fact that one of his best friends from school dies. He goes into a, the nut house, and he's only he's redeemed uh, by uh, um, I don't know, um, Joe Strummer. Josh Trummer literally gets him out of a loony bin and goes, I've always loved your drumming. Come and play with me. So Fuck he's in, off. He's in the mes- really? Yeah, he's in the Mescalinos. He literally, literally He's in the Mescalinos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jackie Irons and then's in Pearl Jam. Um, Jack, Jack Irons? Jack Irons in Pearl Jam, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but his drumming is awesome. It's like it's awesome. So, honestly, have, have a listen to it. You will, you will thank me forever to listen to that album. Who's in Sandgarden? Um... I don't know. Was he in that? Jack Irons. 
Sure, he was. He, he could have been. I mean, he could have been. He could have. He's. I mean, he's one of these people that I think, after being Resurrection, he's such a good drummer that yeah. probably he would have been. He'd have been drums for hire on a lot of bands, you know. Um, so I don't. Know, I don't know if he's in Soundgarden or not because it's entirely feasible. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's that. It's. It's just. It's just. You know, the wallop of it. Yeah. It's. It's fun. It's. Yes. That. It's, it's Mitch Mitchell sort yeah. of esque. Yeah, you know, absolutely. just. 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 It's so funky and yeah. so heavy and so light of touch as well. Yes, yeah, so it's that you know, say someone like Mitch Mitchell or Stuart Copeland or yeah. someone who is who is such a virtuoso, but also clearly has a sort of punk sensibility. Mm. And it's like, no, I know, boom crap, boom crack sounds fucking fantastic as yeah. well, as yeah. well as like loads of sort yeah. of like jazzy fills and 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 uh, paradiddles and what have you. So it's just, he's just it's just great. So listen to yeah, listen to listen to the whole of Uplift Mofo Party Plan. Well, I mean, there's a pretty passionate reason to go and listen to that track if you haven't heard it. <laughs> um, okay, so before we finish, um, you're you're off up north, aren't you, in the morning? Yep, yep. I'm going tomorrow to the Edinburgh Festival to do um, the Fringe, yeah, for the month. How many times have you done that? Uh, for, this is my 10th solo show. I think I've maybe done 13 or 14 Fringes. Wow. Yeah, uh, so a few group shows in between that. And, Still really enjoy it? Uh, yes, I actually started to enjoy it now. I, I went for a phase where I was kind of like, this is this is grim. You, you kind of have to do it really as a comedian. Um, but it started to be kind of fun again. I think I maybe figured out how to do it a bit, or how not to do it badly, you know. Mm. Um, there's a lot of ways to get hurt in the Edinburgh Fringe, and I think I've kind of figured out touch wood how yeah. to sort of not be not be not be not coming home crying yeah <laughs> okay so if people want to obviously find out what you're up to social media yes involved? i'm on all the social medias um so twitter i'm at birdman watching uh facebook instagram marcus birdman marcus is with a k that's the only unusual bit about that so yes please do follow me on all them socials so about to bring out a book as well, actually. Really? Uh, if I can plug that briefly. I'm doing my previous shows. I've done sort of reworkings of fairy tales, so like the Grimm's fairy tales, like Cinderella, Red Riding Hood, Rumpelstiltskin, because I do a lot, quite a lot of art. I went to art college, and that's, as the, I mentioned earlier. I saw the Robin Hood, uh, the, the Red the Riding Hood, Red Riding Hood animation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amazing. So that was an animation. Yeah, yeah. So, so I've just kind of got a green light from a publisher so I'm going to try and produce but I've got a crowdfund some of that so so, uh, so bl- come and follow me and then pledge for my book please okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. so what we'll do is when um, this comes out obviously I'll tag you in everything yeah. so um, if you haven't found Marcus by then then you've got no excuse after that so uh, go and have a, a look go and see him live and uh, please do and go and uh, help him get his uh, his book published and uh mate it's been an absolute pleasure yeah really nice to speak like, to you nice to meet um, you yeah 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 it's been uh it's are been you coming up to edinburgh at all i'm not right. no um do you know what it's, it's one of the things that in hindsight i thought do you know what i should have just took my little recorder and gone up to edinburgh yeah, yeah. for a week you should and yeah, i yeah. would have just got i'll do that next so time and then you can you could do all of the you could do all your, your manchester ones and all your scottish yeah, ones and yeah absolutely yeah. and have a swim in the lake district on the way home <laughs> yeah everyone's a winner marcus thanks loads mate <laughs> really nice it's really been nice to be absolute thanks for having pleasure me. thanks for having cheers me. buddy there you have it thanks for listening uh it was a cracking episode um thanks again to marcus for for coming over he he, he literally came over the 
the night before he was off to Edinburgh for a month to do the Fringe. Uh, so it was a real last minute dot com and I'm grateful that he managed to find time to to come over and do that um, ahead of going up there. So yeah, thanks mate, really appreciate that. Thank yous for listening. Um, if you like this podcast and you like stand-up comedy, then, well obviously if uh, you're at the Fringe then, then go and check out Marcus. But uh, aside from that, on the back catalogue we've got um, other people that have performed or performing at the Fringe this year, um, Rich Wilson, he's done an episode of Off the Beaten Track podcast, Jordan Gray, she's done an episode, uh, so go and have a listen to those, and and yeah, and if you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please subscribe, and, uh, and tell your mates, because they might like it as well, and uh, yeah, there'll be more next week, thanks for listening, see you later. It's Off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Give me stew with him. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.